Welcome to The Art of Listening, a podcast about classical music, conducting, composition, the business of music, and how to listen to it all. My name is Jeff Bradbury, and with me as always is Gabriel Gordon. Gabe, how are you today? Welcome to the show. Oh, I'm doing great. Thanks. How are you doing, man? I'm having such a great time today. I'm looking forward to our interview today. I know that you guys are going to be hitting some great subjects. I'm really curious to see what is the status of professional musician in the face of the pandemic. A lot of great stuff going on. Tell us a little bit about who our guest is today. Eddie Malavi and I went to high school together at LaGuardia High School. And we've known each other uh, as gig musicians. Uh, he is he is a freelance musician in New York City, uh, which, uh, especially these days, is extremely difficult during the pandemic. And he's he's done some really great pivoting over the last year and a half. And we're going to talk a lot about that. Hope you have a chance to check out today's episode and share this podcast with your friends. Of course, you can subscribe to this on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio and all of the great podcasting platforms. And we hope you have a chance to check out everything over on Gabe's website over at gabrielgordon.net and subscribe to his YouTube channel at gabrielgordon.net forward slash YouTube. And Gabe, let's get right into our interview with Eddie Malavi. Uh, my guest today is an old friend of mine uh, from high school, uh, Eddie Malavi. Eddie, how are you today? I'm doing great, thank you. How are you doing? And I'm excited to be here. I'm, I am so excited that you're here as well. Um, we had a great interview on, on your, your little podcast on Instagram. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, that, that actually was born, it's called Unison Orchestra Live on IG, and that actually was born from the pandemic because, you know, we had to figure out how to keep musicians employed <laughs> of that sort. But what we thought about when we we're doing the live chats on a weekly basis was to actually highlight the actual artist. And since you and I have actually reconnected, I mean, it was like a, a, a roller coaster emotion because it was sort of like my old friend and would you right. appear? <laughs> and, then it was, and I was like, can you appear on my IG live, which was really kind of cool. And and really, it's to highlight the art, the individual artists to let let this be archived for people to see once the pandemic is over with. Because you know, it was rough going there emotionally, of course, clearly physically because of the pandemic. But um, this is going to be archived, and this is for people to actually uh, use as a resource for the future because to see all the great things that you are doing. Yeah, yeah, no, and and that, it was just a, a wonderful interview. Um, really, really appreciated it. So Eddie, why don't you give our listeners a an idea of your background and, and your biography? Sure, I'll I'll give my background. I'll, what I like to always talk about is um, I'm from Long Island, New York, yeah. where we have coffee and um and i actually um was we've known each other since high school and i would come into manhattan every week and i through college i went to the juilliard school got my bachelor's and master's in viola performance yeah. and then i became an alexander technique teacher certified and then i pursued another certification which was suzuki to so this way i knew how to teach kids you know in a proper way 
And then since then, I've gotten my body mapping. Um, so there's that whole trajectory of my education as far as that's concerned. Lived in Vancouver, BC, Canada for a little while. And um, I do travel. Well, I did travel, will be traveling again to Europe and South America and Asia for concerts. And I actually do give a lot of Alexander Technique presentations. I teach at NYU uh, Steinhardt, the Alexander Technique in the music department there. And I Freelance-wise, I play on Broadway, and I sub in orchestras in Lincoln Center, and again, give recitals and chamber music abroad internationally, and have led a very seven-day-a-week life for yeah. many years. <laughs> Until well, here, here we March are, of you'll be recording on a, on a Sunday morning, right? <laughs> right, right, which I, I mean, the, I, I mean, look, as tragic yeah. and devastating as this, it really has been tragic and devastating, this pandemic. However, at the same time, um, you know, this having this like reconnection and sort of coming full circle and checking in. And I really felt so grateful that we were able to reconnect for, you know, because of social media. Right. And I was extremely proud of you to see and still am an advocate for all the wonderful things that you're doing. And I'm, I champion you, I support you. And I'm like, here, let me share stuff that you're doing and get your name even on a wider audience that because you know my 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 audience is so eclectic and diverse that goes from the middle east to asia to south america you know it's like hey you know people that you not, might not necessarily have heard of you then would be interested because you really are doing tremendous work for the uh, at the greater community at large well as and and you as as you as well i mean just you know supporting i mean i see you sharing all kinds of uh you know things with with different people and you know i'm personally very grateful for um you know all of all of the stuff that you've done done for me and for all the other artists you know i i didn't know you were in vancouver can you tell us a little bit about what you were doing there to be honest with you it was to escape the new york rat race matrix yeah. or something of that sort and this was a well it's an unfortunate other time in in history it was actually i flew out on 911 oh. i was on a i was on a plane supposedly directly to vancouver yeah uh, but we went we were grounded in st paul minneapolis for a few days and because it was considered international flight we continued 3 days later where most people were 2 weeks um stuck but um and I was lucky that I was provided an, uh, an uh, hotel, but I went to Vancouver and I basically stayed for two years and I was gonna be there to open a wellness center and um, start subbing in, which I did. Uh, a lot of the symphony orchestras, a lot of people, it's quite fascinating because a lot of people in New York think, oh, New York is the, you know, and it is, it really, it's a, a center on so many levels, but people yeah. don't recognize that outside of New York, like, like Vancouver, I'm going to speak from my experience in Vancouver. It's like you have all these different symphonies that are all around the area. I was even flown to a town. Uh, well, it's a city they call it, but uh, yeah. it's called it's called Prince George. And oh it was yeah. An hour, an hour flight north of Vancouver, and I was there literally every two weeks or sometimes once a month, being flown up, and to play in the orchestra there. And wow. so they have all this freelancing that's going on and a lot of teaching, yeah. and um, and of course it's. I don't know why Canadians always say, "Well, we're the we're the California of uh, of Canada," and if you're in Alberta, they say, "We're the Texas." I was like, "Why don't you just be Canada?" Like, you know, right. like, why do you have to compare? <laughs> but um, but in Vancouver, it was like a lot of coffee culture, a lot of yoga, like just very outdoorsy, and it's an outdoorsy city. So, 
having culture and the arts, you know, was a bit of a challenge. It still is, you know, the, uh, like for the Vancouver Symphony, you're making 50000 a year. Yeah. And that's not enough to live that's in the enough, city yeah. of Vancouver. You right. know, you have to hustle, have a, multiple side hustles just to survive. Um, but you're right. doing it for the, you know, labor of love, you know, for the arts. But yeah. again, you're in a city that's outdoors. It's not a, it's not a, you know, let's go. You have museums and concert halls, but you know, go for a hike. I mean, I my my I lived in the West End, and I would see Gross Mountain this way, and I looked to the left, and I would see English Bay. Right. So you know, it was very very naturey place. It is a naturey place, and I miss the air actually. Um, huh. So one thing that I would wake up on a daily basis going, I can't believe the quality of air. Right. That I would be living. But so I, I tried to give it a stint for two years. Um, that unfortunately had to leave because the wellness center never actually came to fruition. Yeah. And that was a time when I we would always said that we would have the Canadian peso compared to the US dollar because it had gotten so bad. It was the dollar 80 Canadian to one US. Wow. And if I had certain transactions in the US, I was like, I'm paying double, like you know, they <laughs> what you and, and, and the orchestras are not paying enough, and and so it's right. it became an issue. I can see that. So can so you? I went, tell mommy and daddy, can I come home? You know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. The so, Long Island. Yeah. yeah, I know. I know that you you were you've been really involved in Unison Orchestra. Can you tell us a little bit more about? What you've done uh, during this uh, this time in American history and the world history in the world history, yeah. For for Unison Orchestra specifically, it it's not a rostered orchestra per se. Yeah. It is it's a entity that is more of we're we're morphing into understanding of what we really are because it really wasn't a rostered orchestra. It yeah. was born out of Laura Cartman, who is a tremendous uh, composer in Hollywood. Yeah. Um, and she's up for Emmys, for, and she wrote the score for Lovecraft Country. And right. the story goes um, that they said, okay, you know, we're in the middle of a pandemic, so you're up, and we have to start putting scoring and putting the music together with the actual footage of the the, the series of the, right. I won't say film, but it's like the series, the TV, HBO. Right. And she was, they were like, computers and she was like no and and she was like and then they were saying well Macedonia is still working they're working in person and she's like no she said we need to keep you know American jobs you know we need to keep a North American because we actually did include some Canadians and as we know right. the uh, um, AFM is the American Federation of Musicians between Canada and the United States so right um what I did was I was brought on, so it was made. It was started by Laura Cartman and Lisa Liu, violinist, and um, I affectionately call her my li young little sister because she's ten years younger, and you know she was after me at, at school. But she, they got together and they were like, and she, and Laura said, how do we keep musicians? And it started off with the pool of Hollywood players, yeah. And then when we noticed there was going to be about. 10 sessions, uh, like, you know, 10 episodes of some sort, they reached out to me and asked me and said, do you mind, you know, ask, because, you know, it doesn't, I happen to have gone to Juilliard, but it doesn't matter what school one goes to um, at, at the end of the day, because all you care about is how you play. So um, I actually, because of, not just because of school, but I've gone to many music festivals and I've done 
different things. And I've, you know, kind of active on Facebook. I'm dating myself because apparently Facebook is for old people. I'm like, what? You know, I was like, I'm young at heart. But anyway, regardless, I actually reached out to a bunch of colleagues from the Metropolitan Opera Orchestra, as you know, their plight, that horror that they're going through being exactly. furloughed. Um, and even Toronto Symphony and uh, San Francisco Symphony, uh, as far-reaching as um, the orchestra, an orchestra in Brazil, in Sao Paulo, and also the I got the principal horn from the Royal Opera in the UK and some people in the Vienna Radio Orchestra, so and Seattle Symphony. So we, I actually had like this kind of a global network wow. of people that actually found value of getting an at-home setup at their home. And we're talking having to hold tutorials in the middle of saying production is coming now. And huh. we had to say, this is how you use Pro Tools. What yeah. is Pro Tools? So can, you, can, you, can you give us an idea actually what, what that set up and, and how, how all that was put together? Well, I'll give you the, the condensed version of the story because you know that there was chaos and a lot of emotions and, right. you know, this is in the middle of like, we everyone's lost everything. And here I had to uh, enroll people to say, well, I can hire you, but first you have to invest and you have to get a new laptop. Yeah. You have to get Pro Tools and people are like, what? and I was going, what is Pro Tools? They even talked about the quality of their microphone. Right. Um, and we were, and yeah. we and we were um, we are um, connected with uh, uh, Brad Hano. Brad Hano is one of the top um, uh, L.A. sound engineers. And mm -hmm. he was like, this is the level that we need. It has to be Pro Tools. And I was having people from Europe saying, well, we use Logic and Audacity. And he was like, no. Pro Tools, and yeah. I was like, so you're asking me to ask musicians who we just, including myself, you know, lost everything to go shopping in Gucci? Like, I don't understand this. So there was a lot of this going on behind right. the scenes, huh. and but what came, what the product is, the final result was, it has to be Pro Tools, the DAW, for those of you who don't know, you should know, it's a DAW, they, that's the the lingo i'm learning about that and so i ha we had to give tutorials i happen to have very talented students um because i teach the alexander technique at nyu that they all have different one of my former she had just graduated music technology she gave a tutorial to people from the metropolitan opera you know like how to like use <laughs> because i become friendly with my um and she had to go up uh, to my with my students and she had to go back to mexico because of the border cro uh, closings and all that stuff so she was giving a tutorial from Mexico, literally globally. So we had tutorials about what is Pro Tools, what is the use of Pro Tools. So us, the average musician who's going to record at home, we actually have to understand that if there's a pie, you're only responsible for a small sliver of it because Pro Tools is so huge. Right. You don't have to be overwhelmed. That was the number one message that we had to go through. And then this is as much as Pro Tools that you have to know. And then these are the steps how to use Pro Tools with editing and all that stuff. Okay. Then we had to have the discussion about you cannot use a laptop. You have to have, a, excuse me, excuse me, I, I made a mistake. You cannot use an iPad. You have to use a laptop or a desktop to use right. Pro Tools. And I'm like, here, I, I've always used an iPad. Like I never, I never had the need for even a desktop. So, and I was like, here we go, because I didn't have technology behind me. I was just like sending emails and texts. That was it. And browsing oh. the web.
you know, I didn't need that. I, I, like I said, I was busy playing shows, learning music for chamber music and teaching. Like, you know, <laughs> what being do I... Yeah, being in, yeah, being a teacher and a musician and all that. What did I know, you know, and all that stuff. And I was, it's sort of like a... I pigeonholed myself because obviously if I really wanted to know, I, that's a whole nother conversation. But yeah, so the right. whole thing is for the audience to understand about when you're having your ho at home setup, this was something that was brought up that was kind of pretty fascinating and interesting. Yeah. You know how when you buy a violin or a bow or even a piano, it's an investment. You're going to spend a lot of money. You want the best quality to help you reach your goal, create not because individually we have creative creation, creativity, but we need a good equipment that's going to help us, you know, sound our best. Well, in the beginning, there was, like I said, there was a lot of like pig pen, you know, the, the, the things flying around behind the scenes. <laughs> but um, but apparently some of the people in L.A. Were, who were hired in the very first episode or two, they were using ninety nine dollar microphones. Oh. And here I had to get the um, education about these are the this you can use. Um, Neumann microphones, and I think I spent $750, something like that for a microphone. And apparently, we had to have a tutorial to, for the explanation. It's like wine or investing in an in a instrument or something. The, if you're going to use a $99 microphone, this guy could tell. So, and apparently you're going to sound like $99. Who knew? So, I mean, this, I'm giving a, um, what do you call? I mean, I know people would argue with me with, yeah. with that, but from what's been deduced from the many meetings, the high emotions from behind the scenes and everything, they were like, look, this is the protocol that we're having. You have to use Pro Tools. You have to have a laptop or a desktop. You have to have a very good microphone. These are the, we had a tutorial about which microphones for right, which instruments. Right. Bassoons, yeah. bassoons apparently need two, but they can go on the lower end. They can spend a $400 microphone for two. I mean, we had tutorials from we had um, a professor from the North Carolina School of the Arts, actually, in the okay. music tech, uh, give a tutorial from that. So we actually were providing free tutorials for all these people that I'm telling, you just lost your jobs, but you're going to have to spend some money. And, right. keep, and you have to become a producer and an editor. And all at the same time, the pay was very little because, you know, it was just, it was by the fl fly on this type of thing. So... For the most part, because we, I was able to hire consistently, they were able to pay off their investments that they, they had made because we had about 10 or 15 episodes. Right. So it paid off all that pay, yeah. all, that, all that stuff. So we recognize as when we're, see, it's sort of like being a vegan when you have unchicken or something like that. So when we use the word orchestra, it's not a rostered orchestra per se, as opposed to as more of a referral service. So we're working, because we recognize working with Laura, who happens to be a very good friend, by the way. Okay. I've been to her house on, in LA and it's like, oh, so there's many awards, a whole wall. But anyway, um, like literally as like, that's impressive. But right. you know, I'm, but we need more Laura's, you know, just so this way they would be able to hire us who we, because of my network of people, and I'm not saying this to be like one of those high, you know, whatever, but like, Gabe, I can re refer you if they said, okay, we have a project, whether it's going to be a string section or an individual blah, blah, blah thing. If I know that people have an at-home setup that follows a specific protocol based on Hollywood's right. level, right. then 
then if anybody's coming to us, I'd be like, I have somebody. And I have had, I've been able, one French horn player was actually going to be on trial for um, uh, Principal Horn in the Singapore Symphony and uh, one of the London orchestras. Wow. But, but he's also, but he's at, he is a member of the Baltimore Symphony. Like I said, I got a lot of people from a lot of different major orchestras. And, and the thing is, by the way, I want to tell the audience, you don't have to be in an organized orchestra. I'm a violist. I'm a freelancer. I'm not right. in major symphony orchestra. And I still actually was able to record because what happened was we had to get the laptop, Pro Tools. Pro Tools, by the way, you can look into your education discount. It's for life, right. um, um, which, by the way, I have to renew something. But I, um, Pro right. Tools, laptop, microphone, um, heads, blah, 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 interface, another thing. And then knowing your um, uh, environment from the inside by putting rugs around and knowing your environment from the outside, if outside noise starts bleeding in and stuff like that. They were so detailed to that point and everybody took it. I guess we were running on adrenaline and emotions and everything because this was like early on. This was like right. June, July, August. This is early on in the pandemic. And in 2019. And, yeah. No, 20, uh, uh, 2020. 2020, sorry, 2020, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so it was like, we don't know, and are we going to get more work? And then what's happened that, so now what we're faced with, is like, this is the product that Unison Orchestra is doing. I'm doing the live IG chats every week. I'm doing, uh, on my Eddie Viola IG, I'm doing wellness in artists, you know, just like, just to make that. And then Unison Orchestra, we're focusing on now on composers and other types of musicians as well. So like, it's like this eclectic sort of, thing that we're just promoting the individual like when i had you on where we promoted yeah. you because we needed the world to know this is what you've done in the face of the pandemic i mean great you know like let the world know and but what unison orchestra is doing we're a referral service that we're looking to get to work with composers that can hire us and quite frankly you know kind of make costs a little bit more affordable and attractive instead of these high costs that they have to pay for a contractor per se so you well, know we amazing i mean what, what you've done in the in the short amount of time really uh i mean it's only been a year really yeah since yeah you started it and uh you know getting getting all of that you know technology together um you know along along with all the musicians uh, and and getting getting all of them to to buy in i mean it's very very similar to you know to what i did with uh you know with the youtube channel and you know just realizing that um i needed to do all of this myself because all the recording studios so what we what we did was you know all the recording studios closed so we had to make our own recording studio somehow <laughs> i was just doing it by myself you were coordinating across the country uh you know doing doing a full orchestra that's kind of kind of amazing to me so what um, what's what's the future? I mean, now that recording studios presumably within, you know, the next half year or so, right, are probably going to start opening uh, again. What's the future for Unison Orchestra? Quite frankly, we have we're looking for a trajectory, and at the same time, we just don't know because of the pandemic. Yeah. Even though there's a tremendous push. For the economy, well, I'm going to take the United States specifically because I also still have strong ties to Canada, and it's 
kind of a mess up there right now, but yeah. uh, because their vaccine rollout is extremely slow, which is shocking. But anyway, um, yeah. so I'll just take the states and the economy is being pushed to reopen. But the million dollar question is, so are people going to be flocking to the theaters? Are people, I mean, to see live concerts? Are, is that the agenda that people really do have? Even though we've been saying, we need art and blah, 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 and you can't survive. I mean, what, really, what is the message? What's the financial message for a lot of people? So right. we still have to see the emotional, psychological impact that this is going to be for people's spending habits. We just don't know. I mean, right now, there's some work happening in, happening in Hollywood. I will. I do know the insider thing that there's some work. Yeah. But even violinists that in that well, you know I'm saying this is slang. The one percent of the one percent, the inner circle. This is slang. Right. But right. even even they're saying they're not violinists anymore uh, because there's no work. Like right, well, there's not the work that it was prior to March 2020. And I definitely think it's a ripple effect that it's brought us down to our knees. And we're just going to have to rebuild. And if it takes another year and a half, and yes, I'm saying another year and a half, yeah. and I'm saying it again, another year and a half, we yeah. just have to hang in there and be as um, you know, creative as possible until we can rebuild. I mean, I personally, like, I'm, I'm going to speak from an East Coast point of view, like New York. Yeah. I definitely think, like, burlesque shows and smaller venues and salon concerts are going to take up take off a lot sooner than the big organized things. Right. Um, because maybe people want smaller venues before they actually feel comfortable to go out into the bigger thing. So it's just going to take time. So with Unison Orchestra, even though we're optimistic, you know, we are looking to, we're aligning ourselves, aligning ourselves with uh, composers to let them know what we actually have to offer in person and remote musicians. Right. Because we have musicians now who are able to record at home, but we also have musicians that we can say, okay, I have somebody here. I have someone that you need someone in person. Here you go. So, I mean, we're, we have this whole thing that we've been putting together and we're right. still working. We have the lists, but we, we're still working on inclusiveness because it's not a, an exclusive thing. Right. And and again, I have to always tell people, you know, we're not an rostered orchestra. We're a referral service. And if I know that you play the violin and a banjo, let me know. Like, you know, and then like, <laughs> you know, and then like, and do you have the ability for at-home recording and depending on your location, you know, to go in person. So that's what we're looking for. And we're optimistic that things are going to happen. But we just don't know because we can say COVID, 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 but I mean, we just we just don't know, like, because right. once right. this is over with, what's the economic impact? What's the uh, mental, social, social impact that's going to be? So it's going to be some rebuilding that needs to be redone. And there is a reshaping. Gabe, think about it, how we reconnected through not only social media and now we're getting to see each other and we don't have to go on a plane and there's no exhaustion. And it's like, hey, you know, press, you know, schedule here. And I mean, I think silver linings you know that's a positive yeah. sort of thing but again for the music industry we just have to wait and see we can still be optimistic and plan but we just still have to see well i think there's an interesting parallel between uh you know how how companies uh made people remote 
and people have been able to work from their home for like well over a year now. And some companies are saying, well, we want to stay remote and, you know, perhaps, you know, get just get rid of, uh, you know, renting renting a space so that everybody can work remote. And some people are saying, no, we we want people, you know, to be around other people. And that's an important factor. So how all that affects the business model, really what you need is a new business model because your business model was based on a pandemic that right. is hopefully going to end. And uh, so, you know, figuring out what your niche is, is probably the next step for you, no? Yes, and that's what that's why I'm saying, like, we we have some concrete stuff, but we're still expanding and figuring things out. Right. We're still leaning on the on the referral service as far as saying, like, we're broadening our network of musicians and finding, like, as a referral, like to be in person and remote, but the yeah. ones who are remote are set up on the level of a Hollywood style. Right. So right. this way, right. if we're working with, you know, cinema, which we will and yeah. have, um, yeah. we've actually done very uh, smaller scale stuff and working with other colleges and stuff like that. I think, you know, and being able to work remotely with some composers, you know, from my my conversations with the composers, they was like, well, the pandemic really hasn't changed me that much because they were so used to being alone all these years anyway, and they've had technology. Right. And it's like, wow. I mean, just wow. Like I'm speechless even just to hear that because yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I, as my friend was, as we were saying, it's like, it's the, it's the hamster wheel in the matrix of New York City. You're just like, Crazy. You know, it was just going and going and going. And now it's time to reinvent oneself and also gain new, as I say, to build one's COVID resume. Yeah, yeah. Build new skills and um, finding one's niche, as you're saying. You know, it's a tough one because because if you want to find, we're, we're humans, we're creatures of habit. We want something that's familiar like you know i want something tangible like i can touch and say okay this is my thing but there's so much uncertainty right now right so it's a tough it's a tough one it's a tough balance to between the emotions intention and emotions and then all these things that come at you like you'd least expect like when just when you think you're so busy <laughs> Right. You know, you're just like, and, yeah. you know, it's like not even gray hair, hair falling out, you know, like, <laughs> it's just like, forget it. Forget about the gray hair. It's like the hair is just falling out. And I was like, and you can't even drink because the exhaust, the thought of having that drink is exhausting. So I'm just like, you just have to get through it. And, you know, and again, you know, being humble, it's first world problems. I mean, look at India and Brazil, man, like, yeah. I mean, that's a slap in the face of reality check there. You know, it's like, look what the people, are, look what people are going through, you know? So, and here I'm like, my career, no, it's, it's yes, I want to have the career. I want to still be creative. This is what I, my heart followed since when I, we were teenagers. Right. You know, we, we chose that and, you know, we've chosen this path as not as, and it hasn't been a walk in the park. I know yeah. you can attest to that as well, okay. you know, but at the same time, it's like, we're still going to be artists. It's, you know, but I'm extremely humbled from this whole situation because there is still so much devastation and loss happening. Yeah. Yeah. I've actually known 15 people who've passed in a oh, year. Goodness. Wow. Yeah. New York was pretty bad. 
It was pretty yeah. bad. That's right. And the news wasn't, it wasn't, there was no fake news there. You know, this was like actual, I know they're no long. I mean, I can't, I mean, literally, I, yeah. they just disappear. You know, it's just, they're gone. And it's, so I'm very humbled and understanding that it's like, as much as I want to sit, you know, now I'm actually saying to people, I want to go someplace because, you know, if I have to, if, if I have to leave New York because of the, the face of freelancing's changed, yeah. Um, and, you know, shaken to its core. I want to be someplace where I can contribute and make a difference, not from an egotistical place, uh, just from a place of just saying, hey, I, I want to be somewhere where I can contribute and make some music and teach. I love teaching. I love, love, love teaching. I love these kids. And I worked with kids when they're four years old. Now I have these girls who are 17 and I'm like, oh, my God, they're going to like yeah. they're, <laughs> I'm talking about college already. You know, like right. it, wild and but i love teaching and I, I love teaching my adult kids because the college kids i've gone to their weddings you know like you know it's just a wonderful thing you know and you know we have colleagues who are like oh, i'm just gonna play and it's like all right fine go ahead and play but like there's a little <laughs> bit more to life than that and you know yeah. i don't have any children of my own but my kids are my my students are my kids in this right. in that sense right. Right. even though i'm 20 yeah, right. <laughs> Again, far yeah. too young. <laughs> I'm far too well, young to be a dad. Yeah. Well, Eddie, it's 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 really been uh, wonderful talking to you again, and, and and really a great inspiration to see um, what what you've been doing during this very very difficult time. And uh, I'm so happy to be connected to you again, and uh, to keep talking to you. Oh, likewise here, and I'm so proud of you. Thank you for having me again, and I look forward. I look, I look forward to seeing your stuff, and I'm going to keep on sharing and letting people know your tremendous work that you're doing on so many levels. And we will keep in touch. We will. I mean, forever now. You know. Yeah, absolutely, Eddie. Can you tell us uh, where we can find you? Um, you can find me on um, Eddie. I spell Eddie um, with a Y, so yeah. it's E D D Y. M-A-L-A-V-E, EddieMalavi.com. Mm -hmm. Or you can find me on Instagram as Eddie with a Y, Viola, Eddie Viola on Instagram. And I'm on Facebook, Eddie Malavi. And I have a fan page there as well, Eddie, Eddie, Eddie Malavi Violist or something. And then, yeah, that's my social media. And Twitter, Eddie Viola as well, Twitter. There you go. All hey, right. I'm tweeting now. I'm tweeting. <laughs> Amazing, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> And it's fun because it's like I just got to press a button. That's all. <laughs> it's like I don't, I don't yeah. have to do this long post, and you know, it's just like oh, you know, hashtag here. That's it. We're good. We of course hope that you guys had a great time listening to this episode of the Art of Listening. Don't forget to subscribe to us over on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, and anywhere that you guys get your podcasts. Gabe, what can we be expecting from you over on GabrielGordon.net this month? Well, I am starting to work on all the Kreutzer etudes after I finished all the Wolf Hearts. And uh, I'm working on a few more videos, uh, the entrance of the Queen of Sheba, as well as the Barbara Adagio and uh, some other old favorites. And of course, if you're looking for more information about that, check them out over at gabrielgordon.net forward slash YouTube. Hit that subscribe button. Tell your friends about it. If you're a teacher, musician, it's got some great stuff for you guys. gabrielgordon.net forward slash YouTube. And that wraps up episode number 11 of The Art of Listening. On behalf of Gabriel Gordon, my name is Jeff Bradbury saying enjoy the music.